Welcome to the Binge Breakers Podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I am here to teach you how I overcame bulimia and my binge eating disorder, and how you can too. Through simple steps of mind management, repairing your relationship with yourself, understanding your habits, and intuitive eating. Disclaimer. This recording is not intended to be utilized as medical advice or a medical diagnosis. Hey, podcast listeners, how are you guys doing? Today, I wanted to talk about the duality of wanting versus not wanting something. In particular, wanting to leave your eating disorder behind versus not wanting to leave it behind. And how I think most of us, most of us experience both at the same time. And the reason I'm bringing this up is that in my group coaching program, the eight-week group coaching program that I'm doing, for those of you guys that don't know, I run cohorts of eight-week group coaching programs with maximum 20 members um, for bulimia, bulimia and binge eating recovery. And we're going through our first round of that right now. The wait list has opened up for February 1st um, for the February cohort. So um, that will be starting the 27th. But anyway, the reason that I'm doing it, you can go find more information on pinchbakers.com. But the reason that I'm doing this episode today is because someone talked about it on um, our group chat. So in our cohorts, we have a WhatsApp group. And on that WhatsApp group, basically, we were discussing, someone wrote in and said, there are some days that I just don't want to recover. And they felt guilty about that. They felt, I'm sure they didn't say this, but I'm sure that they felt this kind of imposter syndrome and this feeling of shame and not wanting to do what they thought was the right thing. I think that's a lot, a lot of people think. Um, we all know kind of what in theory the right things to do are. You know, you're supposed to get up early. You're supposed to take care of yourself. You're not supposed to indulge in bad habits and you're supposed to get on with your life and be a good citizen. And so I think for any of us, when we want to do something that we know is not in our best interest, we have a lot of shame and guilt initially. And then we don't want to share it because we're like, we just shouldn't have this thought or idea in the first place. And so it's a good thing that this person said this, you know, um, to the WhatsApp group and everyone was super supportive on the WhatsApp group. That's something I really love about that too. Um, it was suggested, I wasn't planning for this program to have a WhatsApp group, but someone suggested it and they're like, can we start that? And I was like, uh, sure. I don't know if it's really going to work. Like we're going to be able to keep up with it, but it's pretty active. And I just was in there before recording this and people were talking about bloating and what they're doing for it and asking for support and sharing their wins and like some of their challenges. Like one person, they binged, but they didn't purge for the first time and they sat through it and they're talking about how, okay, how can I do better about binging? It's just really freaking cool. So, um, yeah, that's awesome. But I'm glad that this person shared it and I was just in there looking and people were sharing in there about how, you know, that's normal. A lot of us have those thoughts and ideas. And, um, they were saying the things that they do is that they try to, um, write down their whys in those moments and remember their whys and um, think about them of why they want to recover. What are the reasons they want to not be in bulimia for the rest of their lives and that sort of stuff. And I think that's awesome. It's solid advice. And I said that I went into the group and I said, yeah, I second what everyone's doing. You should probably review your whys and what are the reasons that you want to recover in those moments because they're important to you. But I also said this and I'm not, I don't have it screenshotted. Um, should have gone back and looked at it. But I said, you know, you can want something and not want something at the same time. And that's something I've had to learn again and again in life. And it bothers me. And I think it bothers me because my brain so badly wants to simplify things. And I think most people's brains are like this. We can see 
all the possible reasons. I'm really good at seeing all the possible reasons for things, but my brain wants to label on just this one or just this one because that's simple, right? Then you have control, then you understand it, then it's no longer nuanced and you can just label it that way and you can be done with it. But that's not how the human mind works. That's not how the world works. There's usually many different causes for things, right? And there's many different desires that you have as the complex single human being that you are. And we're not, I would say this, we're not cartoon characters, we're not Disney villains. We have these mixed wants and desires. And sometimes our desires conflict with our best interests, right? And the things that we truly want. I feel like we have these hierarchy of wants, right? Where it's, I'm actually stealing that term from the hierarchy of needs, right? Where, (laughs) anyway, I shouldn't have said that, but we have this hierarchy of wants and we have, you know, maybe our, what you want to think of your best self wants, the long-term, the biggest future version of yourself that you can imagine and your lifelong goals that you want, you have those wants. But then you also have your daily wants. And I think most of the time you're in that zone, right? Um, You have to kind of take, it takes intentionality to get to that more long-term version of yourself. That person, as awesome as they are, the higher version being of yourself that wants all the good choices for you, they're not constantly with you. They're not constantly present unless you um, work on making their daily behaviors a habit over time. And even then you're always kind of working towards being that person. I think the person that's more likely with you, or maybe I'm just speaking for myself here and many people I work with, um, is that the person that's with you just kind of wants that immediate comfort and they want immediate, easy access to things that they know are going to make them feel good. And it's not that it's a bad thing, right? Uh, We look at this version of ourselves that wants to be with bulimia as this disgusting, lazy, horrible version of ourselves that we don't want anyone to see. But that version, I was just talking with my therapist the other day, actually, um, about we all have these protectors in us, right? And the protectors want to be, um, they want to keep threats away from us. And the problem sometimes is that our brain sees things like doing work or being stressed or uncomfortable emotions and feelings as threats, right? And then it overreacts to it. And it tries to do extreme things sometimes, or just whatever it finds to be easiest to keep us away from that perceived threat. And that really can be what bulimia is most of the time. So when this person was saying, like, I really just want to be in bulimia, it's easy to look at that with shame. But I think the more realistic approach is, of course, you want to and you don't want to at the same time. And that exists all of the time. And it doesn't mean that you're a bad person or it doesn't mean that when you don't want to recover, that you don't want to recover. That's not what it means. It just means in that very moment, you want that immediate comfort, you want that fix, and you want it for various reasons, but you want it. And it doesn't mean that you don't have all these other things going on that you desire. It doesn't mean that you become a bad person in that moment. It doesn't mean that everything else that you've worked for up until that point and that everything else after has changed now. And then I compared it to this. Recovery is kind of like a marriage. Um, and of course, I'm a big fan of divorce. If you if you should end a relationship, if it's not working for you, I'm not saying that all relationships should stay forever. But with the theory of marriage and commitment, right? In theory, when you are getting into a marriage, you are committed to being with that person for life. And does that mean that once you sign the dotted line of the marriage certificate or whatever you say I do, that you'll never ever have ever have any problems and never ever want to leave that marriage ever again because you made that one commitment right then and there. No, of course not. There's going to be many problems. Relationships are dynamic. Relationships change over time. You constantly have to reassess them sometimes. Um, 
there are certain challenges that come up inside or outside the relationship that shift how you behave with one another that makes you have to kind of change and alter your behavior and sometimes consider, do is this still working for me? Do I still want to be in this marriage? And then you have to redecide or not decide if you want to be in that marriage and you want to keep committing to it. And that commitment is an active decision. And I think when people think, oh, marriages just shouldn't take any work, relationships, they should just be easy all the time. Within reason, sure, yeah, you don't want to be constantly having to fight for it. But marriages do take work. They do take continued active commitment and redeciding even sometimes on a daily basis, depending on what's going on in the marriage, that you still want to be with that person or not. I think recovery is the same way. And I don't know why we don't we don't see this sometimes of recovery, is sometimes an active ongoing decision that you have to recommit to. I think of AA, I don't know if they do this actually, but I thought this is their concept. Maybe it's not, but whenever you start your recovery process, you have to kind of recommit to it. And I think some people have to daily commit. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure people sometimes daily have to commit to being sober. And I don't have to do that anymore with my recovery. I don't journal about bulimia ever, really. I journal about how can I help people sometimes with binge eating or bulimia, but I don't ever journal about like how can I not binge and purge today or anything like that. But for a while, there was that commitment, that active intentionality of like, I don't want to binge and purge today. I don't want to be bulimic today. I do not want to engage in that. And it took me a while before that became more automatic. And that's okay. And then actually this year, when I've said many times now, and I was just talking with another coach I was going to have on the podcast who's been having more of a rough year herself. We both, and she I think has been recovered for 10 years and I've been recovered for going on for five now years. And we both struggled in our recovery this year of just like having urges, more and more urges and having to recommit. And I think this year more than ever, I had to definitely assess everything. I had to assess all my reasons why and all my commitments to why I wanted to recover and really put me to the test of, do I want to stay recovered? And that gave me the same kind of identity crisis that this person went through of like, you know, I thought you were recovered and it was just a done decision, but that's not, it's not so simple because life's not simple. We're dynamic humans, as I'm saying before. So if you sometimes don't want to recover, it doesn't mean that you don't want to recover. That's what I'm trying to say at the end of it all. Um, and it doesn't mean you should beat yourself up. It doesn't mean that you are a lost cause. It just means that you're probably going through something or it's bulimia seems right in that moment, like the easiest thing for you to do or the only way out, but it's not, you know? You can do other stuff. And even if you binge and birch today, you can still recover tomorrow. You can still start up again and try again. Does not mean that all hope and faith is lost. All right. I know this is a super simple, short episode and um, it's not super complicated, but I just wanted to talk about it because I hear this a lot from people and I say this for people and I didn't think it was that profound, but I think it speaks to people a lot. We get in such black and white mindsets, um, such... It's just an error of the human brain of like wanting to make things simple, easy, and it's just not the case. That's not how we are. That's not what life is. Life is a very complex thing. It's very mysterious too. Who knows? All right. I'll let you guys go. If you do want to work with me one-on-one, I just took on a few new clients this week, but I still have some space available um, for the month of January. And if you'd like to work with me one-on-one, book a consult with me on my website at bingebakers.com. One, uh, the consult is really about whether you work with me or not. It's about what are your goals in recovery? Because everyone's different, even though it's like, I want to recover. It's, there's differences in 
how you want to recover and what that means to you. And then also a review, okay, well, what are your challenges to recovering? Why are you struggling to recover? Why not just do it on your own? You know, what have you been struggling with? And I'll figure out, okay, based on this, you know, what do I think they need to do? And I usually give people tips on those calls, whether they work with me or not. So it's a good reason to book a consult with me. And then on top of that, if we do feel like we're a good fit, if it feels like coaching is appropriate and we feel like we vibe and you feel like, yeah, I'd love for you to be my coach, then um, and help you with this process, then we'll talk about that a little bit more, answer any of your questions, and then we can start coaching if availability is um, still there the week after our consult, which is super exciting. And I generally work with people for six months at a time, sometimes three months, depending on the situation. It's not like a one size fits all, but yeah, super exciting. Otherwise, I'll let you guys go. I hope you're doing well. Um, and I just want to say I went through a lot of my DMs this week. I finally got caught up on all my Instagram DMs. It was like 50 messages I had to go through, which is crazy. I know some people get a lot more than that, but you know, for me, it was a lot. And uh, I just want to say thank you. I got so many positive insights, and it reminded me of why I do what I do. And I know this podcast today is a little bit simple, but um, I truly appreciate it. And um, uh, I don't know. I know you're out there listening, and I hope this speaks to you. And I hope that even if when the episodes are simple, that they provide some sort of value to you. So thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. I hope you never give up on yourself. Bye. I know